The following information is for educational use only and should not be construed as medical advice. Thanks for hitting play and tuning in to Doc, not a doctor. In this episode, we're going to go over naloxone, also known as Narcan, a drug used for reversing opiate overdoses. Also, in this episode, as with the previous one, I'm going to use the words opiate and opioid interchangeably. The most important thing in treating an opioid overdose is recognizing an opioid overdose. A therapeutic overdose is the easiest kind to recognize. That's when the patient was given too much of an opioid by yourself or someone else responsible for their medical care. If the overdose was outside a medical environment, there are a few things to look out for. The first thing you want to do after making sure the area is safe to enter is assess the patient. If they're able to talk, that's excellent. Most of the patients I've come across are pretty honest about their drug use, so just ask them what's going on with them. If their breathing is agonal or otherwise inadequate, that's not excellent. Get a BVM and provide artificial ventilations immediately. If you have supplemental oxygen available, administer that with the BVM. If there are bystanders around who called you, they will probably be forthcoming with information. If they haven't already blurted out what they think is wrong with the patient, ask them. For this podcast, we're going to assume it's an opioid overdose, but in reality, don't get tunnel vision. If the bystanders report the patient uses opioids, ask them if the patient has a history of using any other drugs. This may be incredibly important to a higher level of care that you may transfer care to later on in the future. If there are empty prescription bottles laying around, look at the label on them. If you aren't sure what the medication is and you have cell phone service, just look it up. You can recruit a willing bystander to squeeze the bag while you accomplish this and other tasks. Another thing to assess is the patient's eyes. Opiate overdoses cause the pupils to become pinpoint and non-reactive to light. Look for track marks on the patient's arms and around their veins. These typically present as small red circles on lighter skin patients, or small dark circles on darker skin patients. These circles are about the size of a needle because that's what caused them. Patients who have overdosed but are breathing normally don't need Narcan. But if you're unsure what you're dealing with and suspect an opioid overdose, administering Narcan to confirm your suspicion is usually a safe course of action. And if it doesn't work, you might be dealing with something else or just a stronger opiate. The goal of Narcan administration is to treat respiratory depression Keep in mind, administering too much too fast can cause hypertension, sweating, nausea, and vomiting. Let's go over how naloxone works. Anything that binds with an opioid receptor can be considered an opioid. So with that in mind, naloxone is technically an opioid. More specifically, it's a non-selective competitive opioid receptor antagonist. That was a mouthful. Non-selective means it readily binds to multiple opioid receptor types. It has the highest affinity for mu opioid receptors, then delta, and then kappa. It has little to no binding with ORL1 opioid receptors. Competitive means that it will try to knock other opioids off the receptor sites it wants to bind to. Antagonist means it blocks an action. Narcan is capable of crossing the blood-brain barrier, so it has the ability to counteract the effects of morphine, heroin, and many other opiates. It counteracts some better than others. I have a list of opioids, but this list is not all-inclusive, 
This list uses the generic names for medications. If you see a prescription bottle of a brand name medication, it will likely have the generic name listed in small letters below the brand name. Codeine, fentanyl, heroin, hydrocodone, hydromorphone, loperamide, mepiridine, methadone, morphine, aldemidine, naloxone, and oxycodone. Loperamide and naldemidine may sound like they don't belong on this list, but they are indeed opioids. They just don't cross the blood-brain barrier very easily, so aren't used for pain relief like most other opiates. However, if taken in large quantities, they can have similar effects. Let's go over some guidelines. The TC3 guidelines are pretty short. They recommend administering Narcan at 0.4 mg either IV or IM in the event of an opioid overdose. The other two opiates mentioned in TC3 are morphine and fentanyl, so they are most likely things that your patient has overdosed on if you're using TC3 standards. The Army's flight medic protocols go a bit more into depth, and are kind of monotonous, but I'll summarize them at the end. For altered mental status, the guidelines advise considering 0.4 to 2 mg of Narcan intravenously. Notice it's the word considered there, because... If you don't think they have a chance of having an opioid overdose, you would want to skip that step. If respiratory depression is present and an opiate overdose is suspected, it recommends the same dose of 0.4-2 mg, either IV or IO. A chart near the end of the guidelines suggests that same 0.4-2 mg dose, but advises it can either be given IV or IM or sub-Q every 2-3 minutes until the reversal of the opiate overdose or the 10 mg has been administered. If 10 mg doesn't reverse the overdose, look for other possible causes of respiratory depression. Keep in mind that naloxone may wear off anywhere between 20 and 60 minutes after it has been administered. This is because it has a much shorter half-life than most other opiates. If the patient presents with respiratory depression due to therapeutic opioids, that is, opioids administered by a medical professional such as yourself, the flight medic guidelines are one-fourth the dose advised previously. That comes to 0.1 to 0.4 milligrams, either IV, IM, or sub-Q, with the dose being titrated to the desired effect. If no improvement is noted after 0.8 milligrams has been administered, look for other causes of respiratory depression. That was a lot of numbers, so to recap. For adults, the recommended dose is 0.4 to 2 mg of Narcan through various routes of administration, depending on where in the guidelines you're looking at, but only administer one-fourth that dose, or 0.1 to 0.4 mg at a time for therapeutic overdoses, and also make sure you're giving subsequent doses every 2 to 3 minutes if you're not seeing the desired effect. Pediatric doses of naloxone are also given in the flight medic guidelines, for altered mental status, consider administering 0.1 mg per kilogram, either IV or IM. For pediatric opiate overdoses with respiratory depression, the guidelines recommend 0.1 mg per kilogram for a max of 1 mg. In other words, if the patient is over 22 pounds, has a known opiate overdose, and respiratory depression is noted, administer 1 mg intravenously. If the patient is tachycardic or bradycardic and poor perfusion is suspected or noted, that max dose raises to 2 mg, and it may be given either IV or IM. 
The chart near the end of the Flymatic Protocols recommends that if the patient is under 5 years old or under 20 kilograms, which is 44 pounds, to administer 0.1 milligrams per kilogram with a maximum dose of 2 milligrams and reassessment and readministration every 2 to 3 minutes. For pediatric patients over 5 years or 20 kilograms, adult doses are recommended. For therapeutic overdoses of PEDS, Naloxone can be given through IV, IM, or sub-Q. The weight-based dose in the guidelines is 0.001 to 0.015, repeated as needed, but I think they may have meant to type 0.01 to 0.015 milligrams per kilogram. There are a few problems I have with these guidelines. They're published in January 2019 and make no mention of intranasal naloxone. It's a super simple procedure. A small foam cone called a mucosal atomizer device, that's a MAD, is attached to one end of a syringe and naloxone is put on the other end of the syringe. Using the naloxone as the plunger, half is administered into each nostril and it's then absorbed by the nasal mucosa. It typically comes in 2mg or 4mg doses, resulting in 1-2mg being administered per nostril. I should admit that I'm a little biased to intranasal naloxone because that's the way I use it on the civilian side, so it's what I'm used to. Naloxone has a 1-2 minute onset when given intravenously and a 2-5 minute onset when given IM or sub-Q. I couldn't find anything in writing about the onset for intranasal administration but from experience, I would estimate about a 3-5 to five minute time frame. One of the most important things to remember when administering naloxone is that it has a much shorter half-life than most other opiates, meaning repeat doses anywhere between 20 and 45 minutes after initial administration are pretty common. Unless venous access is already established or the patient has hoses for veins, I would see no reason for the first dose of naloxone to be given intravenously. I'm typically pretty confident about IV access, but if I'm giving naloxone, the patient probably isn't doing very well at all, and I need everything I do to work right the first time. If I had another medic with me or someone else trained in Narcan administration, I'd probably ask them to start administering it either intramuscular or intranasally while I attempted to establish IV access. Anyways, that's all for this episode. Check back periodically for more, and thanks for listening to Doc, not Doctor.